We'll get back to your music shortly, but first, did you know that prescription prices are different at different pharmacies? You could literally drive across the street and get a different price. That's crazy. But with GoodRx, you can instantly compare prices at every pharmacy in your neighborhood and save up to 80%. You're probably thinking there's a catch, right? Nope. It's 100% free and can save you money whether you have insurance or not. In fact, it can often beat your copay. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Forward. It's the one move we're all ready to take. And at the Audi Moving Forward sales event, we're ready to help you on that journey. All Audi dealerships are now open with tailored solutions to suit your individual needs, like the Audi A6 Saloon, with PCP finance from only €499 per month. Now is the time to make an appointment. Now is the time to start moving forward. Audi. Vorsprung durch Technik. Terms and conditions apply. Ah, welcome to Preach, Can't Preach with Rashad. We are the prophets. Here another episode, another sermon. Uh, Rashad, man, what's going on? We're back again, man. It's been an off week for the NFL. They return tonight, and so do we. So we'll be back in the game like the NBA. Definitely. Uh, we're coming at you from 12 Ounce Sports, Zingo TV, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio, Spotify, and anywhere else you can find us, uh, like I said, welcome to the show, guys. Um, hey, we had an interesting all-star weekend, and I kind of want to start there, uh, kind of a recap of, of, of what happened, our thoughts on it. Uh, so I, I'm going to let you go first, man. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good weekend. Um, you know, the all-star format worked out pretty much perfect. I know people are complaining about how the game ended on a free throw, but I mean, other points are scored off of free throws, so you really can't complain about that. So I thought the All-Star game was a success. The the quarter-based system of getting money for the charities, I thought that worked out. I thought the 24 in the fourth quarter worked out. I just want to see what they're going to do going forward. Will, that, will the, the number always be 24? Like, is that going to be part of the – uh, the legacy of the Kobe thing, the All-Star game would always be 24, or would that number change throughout the upcoming years? And everything else was kind of exciting, too. The three-point contest came down to the last rack, the last shot. Dunk contest went into overtime. A good USA versus the World game. So I think everything also, again, it was pretty perfect. One of the best we've uh, ever had. Yeah, I think this was, in my in, as far as my lifetime, the best all-star weekend from even, I mean, the celebrity all-star game. I love watching, just watching celebrities and stuff. Um, but, yeah, everything else, man, everything coming down to the wire. Every single event came down to the wire, even the, the skills challenge where it was my guy Sabonis, Lithuanian, you know, shout out to them. And, and bam, and, you know, that came down to the wire. And it was kind of crazy because I don't I don't think we picked the big man to win when we predicted last week, but all the big, all the big men won the first round. I thought that was pretty funny, but – Three-point contest, dunk contest, even though it had this, you know, was Aaron Gordon robbed or not, it still was what everybody was talking about. And I thought that's the that's the whole reason, 
you know, you want All-Star Weekend, all the stars, and everybody's out here watching it. And with everything coming down to the wire, it was, it was perfect. I love the idea now of the, of the uh, All-Star. I mean, I remember we were talking about I was like, man, that's a good idea. We, we knew that they were going to play hard, and, and you saw that they had to because, you know, uh, Team LeBron was down, what, 10 going into the last quarter, so they had to score basically 34 instead of 24. Uh, but I think 24 is a good mark because it's hard to score, especially when all everybody's a star and it's hard to just score against other stars. It's easy to score against a role player, but not a not the Kawhis of the world. And you got Embiid, Giannis leaking around the paint, so it's it's kind of hard. Everybody's strapped up, and it was great. Yeah, I'm hoping they don't advance it more than 25. Like if it goes past 24, like keep it at 24 for the the Kobe legacy, the Kobe impact, as well as the award. So keep it at 24, nothing more than 25, because I feel like more than that, you're running the risk of guys having to put up 40, because if somebody is already down 10, plus the target score is 30, now you got all-stars trying to get 40 points, and you don't want to see anybody get, like, I don't think it's ever happened before outside of Kobe getting his nose broke by D-Wade, like, but I don't think anything major has happened, like somebody torn Achilles or ACL or just anything major, so I don't want to see the target score going up to like 30, and then now somebody got to try to score 40 to win the game, and you got these guys locked in playing defense. They're trying to dunk, entertain the fans, so keep it at 24. Uh, if you want to look get a different number, 25, I wouldn't want it to go past that. Um, and Aaron Gordon stuff, people got to stop saying he was robbed. I thought he should have won, but that don't mean he was robbed either, because Derrick Jones did do some spectacular dunks, I wasn't. I mean, he kept doing almost the same dunk for us, like you know, <laughs> between going the between legs. the, between the legs. Yeah. So like he was doing the same, you know, the same, same dunk, just in different form, different, uh, different form. But I don't want to say he was robbed because some of the dunks he was doing were pretty spectacular too. And you know, scoring wise, you know, forty nine, fifty stuff like that, it was pretty close. I think it's just how it. We, we, I think we all were rooting for Gordon. He did do some spectacular stuff, and just how it ended kind of made it seem like a robbery. Uh, so I guess going forward, they should just probably come up with like a dunk committee, you know, as far as like who should be judging or something like that to make sure it's, it's done right. Yeah, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't even say a, a dunk committee, but I, I think they should put back in the decimal situation. Like, I'm, I'm like, I know like skating does that a lot, you know, when they have little uh, matches, whatever, you know, how somebody get a score of 9.375. We ain't got to do all that, but – uh, like the what Aaron Gordon did, the dunk from the baseline, like that's a like that's a fifty, right? And then like, I would 70. say, yeah, 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 even seventy. Yes, you're right. <laughs> but I was even I would even say like a, a, a dunk that Derrick Jones got a 54, 50 on. It was probably more like a forty forty nine point three. You know what I mean? Like it it, it wasn't really it was more than a forty nine. It just wasn't a fifty. And I think that because we set. It's like whatever we set that night as a 50, everything that get, get us off our feet is a 50. And your 50 versus my 50 might not be the same. And that's that's really the only way I can see saving the dunk contest because it is a, it is great. With all these athletes now that we have, it got to be a way to to play, to, to, to make like Aaron Gordon's dunk be a 50. Uh, what you know? What uh, Pat Connaughton did one time instead of him getting a 50, uh, 50 let's let's give him a forty nine point two. I mean, and if you want to keep it more simple, you can do halves, point five only. That's fine, but all fifties ain't the same. You know what I mean? And that's I think that's why the biggest thing about Aaron Gordon being quote unquote robbed came from 
is because the dunks he did, when you stack up, hit the greatest dunks of the night, I would say Aaron Gordon's were more at the top than Derrick Jones's or anybody for that matter. But if we saying this is a fi- like this one dunk here is a 50, everything else has to be a 50 as well. And, you know, I was looking at the old dunk contest back in the day, and I was like, man, that's a 50? That's, that's like a 30 now. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy. So, it's like, we are, we already set the norm where the 50 is. I, I don't know whether we go, we go past 50 or somebody has to make a mark and say this dunk right here is only a 42. Like, we can't just get the first dunk we see, oh, it's a 50, because the rest of them going to be 50s, which you saw. Aaron Gordon get straight 50s all night. Derrick Jones didn't have all 50s, but close to it. And like and like you said, you did mention like he was great too. So we can't really say that he wasn't the champion. Um, but like but if we like if we talk about adding all your points up or even just the best dunks of the night, then I would say Aaron Gordon was the champion. But you know neither here or there. I, I think it's crazy that we you know after that night that's where you debated the next the next day we shouldn't be really be caring about a dunk contest like that. Yeah, I think we only care about it because I think we were all hoping for like that repeat of maybe next year he'll come back and duel off against Levine or maybe next year Zion's healthy and we can get a, a Zion into the dunk contest. So I know people were excited about Ja getting in and once he saw everything happen, he kind of came out right away on Twitter like, that's it for me, deuces, I'm, I'm cool on it. So I think more of the, the aftermath that it led to is what kept kept everybody talking about it, like, you know, the, the scoring and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's kind of what led to the aftermath but it was a great dunk, dunk contest one of the best we've seen and i just to your point about the old dunk contest i think now the i mean athletes have always been great across the board throughout the years in dunk contest but it's just the fact of like now guys are taking it to a different level and guys are using props versus back when a, a dominique and mike do it off it was just them and the ball right so like, i i i think now the you know the the criteria of what we're scoring. Like people are scoring more of like theatrics. I remember, man, John Collins had to jump over an airplane like to see the air <laughs> Like so, like I think that, he, he almost tripped over the plane. Like, he did break it. So I think it now is more people are just looking at like the theatrics of it all versus just trying to just trying to dunk pretty much. Because like back back in the eighties, early nineties, nobody was really jumping over somebody. They were just doing like unique style dunks. Like Dominique with all the power was just ducking hard pretty much. Yeah, and you got Blake Griffin jumping over the front of a car. You know, like you said, theatrics. Uh, I, you know, that, that key is sponsor for the NBA. That's all it was. <laughs> hey, that was smart. That was smart. You know, you know, a dunk I remember. Uh, Dwight Howard. Remember he done? Then he done like a like a fourteen foot goal. Uh, yeah, I think he put or twelve, like, oh, 12 uh, foot, like, like 12, 12, yeah. twelve. And like, see, to me, you do that, you should win. <laughs> like, you you do something very very you know incredible and. Either I I know they they kind of changed the rule they they pretty much changed the rule every single year three point contest they get the Mountain Dew shot now I mean, they they change the rule every single year hey, so you, hey shout out shout out to the big three because I think the big three with the four point shot is kind of like in like the same spot so shout out to the yeah. big three for you know having a little impact on the NBA which is why we need these other leagues like the big three like the XFL shout out to the XFL too another good second week in my opinion oh definitely they, they my boy Dallas yes sir got that first win anyway. Uh, yeah, you're right. The big three had a lot of imprint on that, and uh, you know that was that was great to see because you got to see the range of players and how easy it was. Uh, that was great. Devin Booker went from not even being in it to almost winning the thing, and he was outstanding. I don't know why he wasn't in it in the first place. Uh, like aside from him, not you know whether you say he all star or not, 
he should have been a three point contest. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. He should have been in something, but I guess you know, kind of once all the everybody kind of names who they won in it, it, it kind of just goes how it you know how it goes. But yeah, that the the big three having a target score for their games that's kind of a uh, NBA aspect now for the All Star game, and of course like the four point shot. So they they got they got the long the long jump shot. So uh, that those are two good changes by the NBA. I'm about to say also shout out to the to the TBT the basketball tournament because uh, that's where Chris Paul got the idea for the All Star game, so that was pretty impressive as well. Um, the skills challenge do you do you like the addition now that is more of a race? Um, they even when the first even when the first started off it was like you go down you go dribble dribble dribble. Well, I guess it was a race against the clock versus a race against a person. Which one do you prefer? Uh, the one now is more exciting because it comes down to like oh they they, they, they trying to be too cool they got to figure they got to figure it up then the time misses the shot you know you, you could have a, a shoot off or no i just think it's a little bit better with the pass like you, you're kind of you have both elements you're trying to do it against the person and you're thinking like oh if i mess up they can get me versus just going through the motion by yourself and just trying to get a time i, I like it better against uh, a person you know, you know something i miss i miss the uh what was that thing called where you had the different teams? Like, yeah, the WNBA player, NBA player, or, or um, a legend. Like, I miss those. Uh, I forgot what it was called. What's it called? Shooting shooting skill? Shooting stars? Yeah, it's like the shooting stars challenge and all that kind of stuff. I guess, you know, they only could do it for so so long because the whole point of what they were doing, it was kind of getting, I want to say boring, but it wasn't as exciting because you have to hit, you know, somebody got to hit the close shot, the mid-range, the three, and then it was taking people so long to hit the half court shot. It, it was kind of the smartest to do away with it, I guess, because yeah. you because you're having that legend. So like, uh, nobody want to see Dikembe Mutombo kind of shoot a half court <laughs> shot. Hey, but that's their fault. They sh- they know they need to have either. Like I don't know. I I just feel like it 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 was cool to see that, especially uh, you know where we have to in- incorporate our WBA uh, stars as well. Um, just, just because you know if we wanted to grow, like I feel like people need to see see them more. Uh, like even the, the like celebrity All Star game, I know Aja Wilson, I know Chelsea Gray, uh, and they was playing in it, but a lot of people didn't. I people like, who who is this? Who is this? You know, and you know, it it comes down to a point where, you know, where we try to build on legacy. You know, the whole weekend was representing David Stern and, and Kobe Bryant, and you know, Kobe Bryant meant to the WNBA. I thought maybe that's kind of the same, you know, thing. Maybe we can bring that back, or, or you know, something where we can incorporate our WNBA stars on 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 that Saturday, just because. That's when all the everybody eyes on. I, I don't think think a lot of people saw like watched the celebrity All Star game. They come on Friday at seven, so you have to already be home chilling and, and, and waiting on the game to start to, to even watch it. But, um, but I, I don't know. It, it just it just an idea because that was one of my favorite ones to watch only because I wanted to see like I remember it was uh, Lisa Leslie. Uh, I want to say it was it Rick Fox or something like that, and it was I guess. I'm trying to think who's on who's on the team. I think it was D Fisher at the time or something like that. It was it was something like that where you had guys like that. Now, you know that's you know that's always fun to watch to me, uh, just to bring especially like you said bring the old heads back. No, to me if they're gonna incorporate the women in the NBA All Star Weekend, it can't be a celebrity game where it's one like forty five points scored. If they're gonna incorporate the women into that, they should do it in like the skills challenge. Have some of the guys go up against the the ladies on like that would be good because like that. Be like, like, to, like to me, I should they, they should do that because I don't know why people want to have these ridiculous conversations or like, oh, you know, somebody could beat so and so 
in, in a game. So at least they don't have like that, 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 that competition aspect of, all right, well, the ladies are just as skilled as the guys. So to me, that'll help, you know, people want to compete more or go see more of the WNBA. It doesn't, doesn't make the guys kind of compete too, because like nobody want to be like, yo, you lost to, even you though lost Maya, to, uh, even, even though Maya Moore is great, yeah, you lost to Maya, you lost to Sky, you lost to Diana. So like, even though you could be an elite player, you still don't want. I mean, even though these guys, they know these girls can hoop, they got pride in them. So, but it's still like, hey, you lost to so and so. So if not incorporate into the skills challenge. Maybe do uh, the three point contest. Line is different, but but three three point challenge. Yeah, yeah, I, you I think can, the line is different for them, but still, like they can, they got range. They can shoot. Like Diana can shoot. If you well, I don't think because because there's no game being played that that day. I'm pretty sure on that Saturday you can incorporate another line for the WBA line, and then you can you can do the same thing. Like I mean, granted, it might take a little longer, but you got to have like if you have eight guys, you, you don't have to have eight girls. You can have you know three or four. And you know that you know that that's 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 gonna be good to watch. It's not like the three point contest lasts what I mean it lasts maybe what thirty minutes at the most. So I mean if you add four more girls, I mean I, I don't you know that that'll be great to watch. I, I think I think adding them in that and the skills challenge would be a, would be a great addition because like I said if we if we want to I don't understand, I don't know no other way to to help build the WNBA, uh, but it's to put it put them in front of us in front of our eyes and be like man you know what. How is Maya Moore out here? She 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 can she shoot better than Devin Booker, you know, just, just stuff like that, you know. And then you can you can have those. I mean, obviously those debates, you know. I mean, I remember that uh Boogie versus Brittany Griner thing in the Olympics that one time, and uh, <laughs> Brittany Griner was 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 dead serious. And I was like, I don't know about all that, Brittany, but but yes, but something like this, you can say, yeah, I'm a better I'm a better shooter than you. Uh, I can I can pass better than you in the skills challenge, and you can't stop me, you know. And especially girls, they gonna take it serious, and even the guys don't. And you gonna you gonna find yourself losing. Yeah, like I would just do like the a, a soft integration of the skills challenge because that that shows more of a woman's game versus just three point contest. Because the most basic part of basketball is shooting the ball. Like even even if you can't dribble or anything, you can go on the court and just catch the ball and shoot it. So. To me, that wouldn't really show their skill. I don't want to do the skill challenge where they, they can show, all right, I'm fast now you down the court. I made my pass on the first try. You did it. I got my layup. Or even a girl like, let's say, Brittany Griner does it. She can go down there and, and hit a little quick little dunk and then go the other way and shoot. And, like, people think women can't dunk. If they see that, they're like, I got to start watching WNBA. Exactly. So, like, I'd rather do the skills challenge so because it, it's more encompassing of a woman's game. That's fine, too. I mean, these are all good ideas. I hope Adam Silver is listening. Uh, if you are, uh, also give me a job. I can take the, I can do the Cavs GM job or something like that. Um, moving forward to, Man, the- I just, I, I just want five K for saying y'all should name the award after Kobe Bryant. I just want five K. I'm about to say, Rashad, you did say that first. You said that after the news of Kobe Bryant's death that, you know, we yeah, if like, we want to honor him. Yeah, like yeah, he passed on the 26th. I was like, it was like the 27th, 28th. I was like, it's just named the All Star MVP after Kobe. Yeah, I just want five K. Nothing crazy, you know. Just five K, and you know, well, we we can we can talk about like you said, the Cavs or a DC or Knicks GM job later. Yeah, right. I think I think we can turn those programs around. Um, so moving forward to the rest of the NBA, uh, coming up the second half of the season. Like I said, we got uh, I think the Bucks just tipped off, um, and I think the Heat tip off at seven thirty. No, no really big games uh, starting right now today, but. Um, I want to talk about like the, anybody like rising and falling, and then the teams that got better over the break. Meaning, picking up guys who want to buy out contracts, uh, buy out contracts, and, and scooping them up, and 
putting themselves in a position to, to make a run for the NBA uh, playoff, for the NBA finals. Um, to start it off, uh, I don't think Marvin Williams played yet, but Marvin Williams was was a sneaky ad, I think, by the Bucks. Uh, I remember we talked about it before. Marvin Williams getting bought up by Hornets is kind of kind of a good thing by the Bucks because I remember they was uh, rumored to get Markeith Morris from the uh, is he on the Pistons now? Yeah, uh, Markeith yeah, Morris he, yeah, he's on Detroit. Uh, yeah. from the Pistons, and I thought that was going to happen. You know, get you a power forward who can stretch the floor. Didn't happen. But so getting Marvin Williams for nothing basically. And you got a guy who can stretch the floors. He's six ten, uh, and the thing about it is, I, when we talked about. I was like, man, imagine a lineup where Giannis is at center, Marvin Williams at power forward, and Milton at small forward, and you still not a small team, like on the court. So they 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 added another guy who can give them versatility uh, on the court. I think that was a big addition. And another sneaky move that nobody's probably talking about is uh Michael Carter, uh not Michael Carter, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Uh, from the Hornets as well, got bought out and went to the Dallas Mavericks. I think. I mean, we talked about it. we talked about how Dallas needed a, a de- defensive wing. We was both pushing for Chris Middleton to go there in the offseason. He decided to sign back to uh, back to the Milwaukee Bucks, which is also smart too. But now you have a guy who can guard the LeBrons and the Kawhis. At uh, Utah, they got Bogdanovich and Mitchell. The Rockets got James Harden and, and Eric Gordon. So you need you need you need uh, pieces. You need a wing that they can take that load off Luca, take the load off uh, Porzingis, and I think those two made made sneaky, sneaky moves that nobody's probably gonna think about because they play for the Hornets and who you know, who cares about Charlotte, blah blah. Uh, but I uh, I think those were good moves. What do you think about those? And, uh, my my favorite move was the Mavs. I was glad they did make a move because I think now with Luca, you know, he's been banged up a little bit this year. KP's coming off his injury; he's been a little bit banged up. I think if they get healthy down the stretch with the moves they made, depending upon the matchup, the Mavs could win a first-round series. So I want to see how they get matched up because, like, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, he's not a scorer, he's not a shooter, but if you put him in the right position, he can defend and slow somebody down. you still got Courtney Lee there who's a, a 3 and D. Even though he's a little bit older, you still got Courtney Lee. Uh, Hardaway can give you some decent minutes too. So I just think that MKG move is a – a subtle move that'll fly under the radar. So uh, I like what the Mavs did with that, and maybe they can uh, win a first-round series depending upon their matchup. Um, the Bucks move, it didn't move the needle for me. I was more – I like what the Rockets did more than what the Bucks did. Um, the Mavs move, the Clippers move, and the Rockets move, those are like the top three I, I like. And I'm still waiting to see what happens with Tristan Thompson because uh, March 1st is like the deadline for people to – get cut and be on new teams. So roughly like eight, nine days. So I want to see what happens with Tristan. I don't I know they changed the coaching staff. They be lines out of there. JB's taking over. So I'm not sure if they decide to let Tristan ride the year out. Do they just buy him out and he goes somewhere else? I want to see what happens with that. So he could be the next sneaky move. But Clippers getting Reggie, Rockets making moves, going all in, and Mavs getting MKG. I like all three of those. I'm about to say the Rockets added two more centers to their team, Demarco Carroll and Jeff Green. Um, two more wings, really though. Uh, six uh, Carroll like six seven, Green like six ten to the mix. Um, Jeff Green signed a ten day contract. I think that was pretty smart to see if he really thinks it's a good fit. If not, he might go somewhere else, but he probably will like it. Um, I wouldn't say they those two guys fit the fit the scheme 
that much, but it does alleviate some pressure off PJ Tucker um, at being the center on the team. You can add, you can put Jeff Green, let him guard a big guy as well. So um, yeah, but I mean, I like I like the Marvin Williams move. Like Marvin Williams is is a is a key like he really is a key player. Like a guy who could, like he's a, he's the stretch forward that teams be looking for, and he's not a bad defender. So. Um, I think I think that's a good because if you play Brooke Lopez, like Brooke Lopez can't guard power forwards, right? Like you know, so if you if you run into the Boston Celtics or the Toronto Raptors, you got a guy. I'm not saying he can stop a Tatum and Gordon Hayward and Siakam, but you got a guy that's not you know, I guess speed challenged or foot speed challenged in in, in that retrospect without losing shooting. Like just we talk about Gilchrist going to Mavericks. Yes, you bring him on the court for defense, but you lose shooting. Uh, you lose shooting and scoring ability. You know, I think with Marvin Williams, you don't lose that if you're taking out Brook Lopez. That's why I think is a good move. Um, but yeah, now I would rank I would rank the Rockets and the Clippers above them. I think uh, Reggie Jackson is a good move just as far as uh, depth purposes. So you got you got Lou Will, Pat Bev, and Reggie Jackson at, at that guard spot. You got a lot of guys who can run the show. And that way, that can alleviate Kawhi from doing it. You can, that can alleviate from Paul George doing it, and they can just do their role of scoring and playing defense. So uh, that's a big move too. Uh, and I was I was hoping I was hoping that other teams like Denver Nuggets, uh, Lakers, and and maybe the Raptors or Celtics do anything, uh, but they decided to stay packed. Uh, which you know sometimes do nothing is a good alternative. Yeah, I think the Celtics are still waiting on a, on a big man to get bought out because then they can bring on somebody. Cheat because they're they're basically capped out. So like Celtics are either going to stay stand pat, or they, or they're waiting on a uh, a young guy, somebody a, a big man to come in. Yeah, and, and you said uh, Tristan Thompson, so that might be a good uh, that might be a good um, move if, if if that happens. I mean, we we know that Cavaliers uh, that Kevin Love and, and Tristan Thompson and and uh, Drummond cannot play together, so. I don't know, man. That that, that whole Jim Beeline thing, that just that, that was wild in this in itself. Bad move, bad fit. He should never let the college game. I mean, <laughs> and now he can't go back to Michigan. Like, <laughs> like like his at his age, you don't you don't leave the college game and you don't leave arguably um I would say Michigan's one of the top fifteen jobs in the country. I mean you don't leave a job like that. I mean, you know, you got your Dukes, your Carolinas, those guys are there to stay, your Gonzagas, and, you know, your your Villanovas, teams like that. But I think Michigan, they basically, them and Michigan State are like the class of the Big Ten. You don't leave one of those jobs. That, that's ridiculous. To go to the Cavs with no LeBron, like you didn't have, there was no hope of getting, a, there was no hope of getting somebody to come there. It's like we're going to draft players, and they were stuck. In, in cap purgatory because they had Kevin Love locked up. Nobody wants to trade for his deal, so <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what Beeline was thinking going there. Now they're buying you out of your deal, and they're gonna probably reassign you to to be what be a scout or in the front office. Like, what are they gonna reassign you to do? Now he won't be a scout, but he'll probably be he probably have like uh, you know like he probably be like, like a consultant um, because I mean he he is. We know we know we know he's smart a smart guy. He's he built a great program in Michigan. He I think he's I think he's a good build a uh, good program builder. I just don't know if 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 it's if it's building a NBA team right right. So like a guy like Lawrence Frank, remember, you remember him uh, coaching these coaching Nets. I don't know if he was a great coach, 
But right now, as assistant GM for the Clippers, like he, he him, I mean, I, I know, you know, Jerry West got his hands in it too, but he he's also putting putting in a lot of work, right? So and he felt that role really really good. And same thing could be same thing could be for him too. So it's like he, I mean, in the Cavaliers, he knows the players, he knows probably who's the hardest worker, blah blah blah, and he knows what the team really needs. So I mean, he can get that consultant view of it. Uh, taking his hand out, hand out the pot, and uh, just wait, waiting for the meal to be served because it's probably it's probably best if he if he's if he's on the background anyway. Um, I think that's probably the reason why he left Michigan anyway. He probably was bored. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know because like you said, it's hard to leave a, a great job to come to a job like this. It's not it's not like, like Brad Stevens did because he went from Butler to a Boston Celtic big market team. While you go to a Cavaliers team that nobody ever comes to. And all that, and all that nature, and you know, it, it's it's hard to leave a Kentucky like Calipari to go play for the Nets. I remember one bit, uh, not uh, I mean, he was who, what team he was rumored for? Was it the Kings? Recently, uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was it was, it was either the Kings or the I Wiz, mean, he, Wiz he, he, or he, he, like he, he, his name always comes up. Yeah, he's just that good of a coach. Right. So, but it's like what what I really leave? Oh, uh, it was Knicks. That's right, Knicks. Would you would you? Leave Kentucky, where you know you got the best players in the country, to go to the Knicks, a team where you know you're going to fail. Like you know, like if I was walking to a Kevin, like right now, Kevin Durant. If I walk into the Brooklyn Nets, that's a different story. I, I have Kevin Durant on the on horizon, but Knicks, no, you know you 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 can't do that. So um, you know he probably he probably he probably had a good reason why he left, um, and I, I don't know what it is. But you know he didn't look good, especially with all that thug stuff a while back and all that. So it was, it was plug. <laughs> I don't know what he thought, man. His 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 little story was BS. Like I don't get why he left. I mean, this to me that's not a job you leave. I mean, this dude made two championship games at Michigan. I mean, he was winning a lot. twenty four, twenty five games and up. Almost every year. I mean, I think I know one year. I think he was the year they made a, the championship run, like the first one, like in 2013, 2014. He had like a down year where they were like barely 500. But outside of that year, and when he first took over the program, the first like two or three years, he was winning 24, 25 games every year. So why would you give that up? I don't really understand it. I mean, dude, you're you're not a spring chicken. So like some of the, like <laughs> the stuff that he was. Like from based on the reports, the stuff you're trying to teach these guys, I man, they're pros. These guys are making more money than you. They don't want to hear like this teaching fundamental type of stuff. You got Kevin Love on the court throwing his arms up. I mean, it's just there was just so much going on that it was it was doomed from the start. Like, I can't think of any guy who at his age of 67 has transitioned well from any sport, like from collegiate to pro or from pro to collegiate. I can't think of anybody that's done it well because when Jimmy Johnson took the lead, he was young. Uh, I guess we could say Pete Carroll, but I mean, there was after he had already tried it, went to college and then came back. So he already had. Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Experience doing it, like, Beeline just went. Like, he ain't... 
he didn't try NBA first. So he right. he was West Virginia, then Michigan. Now, when you say very well, you mean like succeeding because you know my, my guy Herb Edwards down in Arizona State <laughs> doing doing you know doing solid this year. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. It, the 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 crazy thing is in Michigan you you had no pressure, like whether whether he won the championship or not he wasn't he wasn't getting fired he probably had a lifetime contract with with Michigan probably or at least on the way and he he could have had three losing seasons three losing seasons in a row and probably would have been fine because of what he done so far in, in that program and then going to the Cavs he probably could have he probably could have he could have flew under the radar and whether whether he gets you know, fired after two or three years without being sorry, that's fine. But he could have flew on the radar in Cleveland. It's not like Cleveland expected big things because they were sorry. And, you know, it didn't matter if it was Beeline or it was somebody else. They was going to lose. So, um, so, but he, I guess he wanted to put an imprint on it and put it on too fast. And it, it, it just didn't go the right way. Yeah, outside of taking the money for this job, I can't think of anything that, you know, that really benefited him because he signed a five-year deal. And you know, most college coach, I think he probably was making what maybe three to five million in college, maybe. So I think the NBA deal, outside of the money and maybe the challenge, that's I mean, cause I haven't heard any rumors of anything from like the ADs or people at Michigan that wanted him out. So outside of just wanting to take the NBA challenge and maybe just go get the guaranteed money for five years, I can't think of anything else. Uh, risers and fallers, um, for the rest of the season, um, if if you have any teams that you think will rise, you know whether that be you know out the playoffs to in the playoffs or from eight seed to a five seed or anything like that, uh, who do you who do you have and why? Uh, honestly, nobody from the East because the books have a clear cut spot over over you know everybody at one, and I think that middle is just jammed up where it's going either. Stay the same. You may get one or two teams that swap spots, but I think in the East, uh, nobody's going to do anything. And in the West, probably the same. Uh, maybe the Mavs leap up just because they're at 33 wins, tied with the Thunder now, 33 and 22, and the Rockets are there at 34. So maybe one of those three teams could leap up or at least kind of get out of that tiebreaker mode. Because the, the seeding is what's going to be important. Like, if, you know, if you're that seven seed, the Mavs, I would like that matchup against the two seed Nuggets. So like, that's, that's a series they can win in the first round. Or, or, even, but, the, or even the Jazz somehow get to the two seed because they only a game and a half back from Nuggets, you know. Same yeah, thing, like, same well, right. Oh, yeah, right now the Lakers are at one, Nuggets are at two, Clippers at three, Jazz four. So, yeah, that can flip at any minute. So, I think that's the – you know, outside of Lakers, probably that's a fluid situation. But yeah, the Rockets five, Thunder six, Mavs seven. I think the Mavs could leap up. Uh, maybe Jazz as well. One of those teams could. I could see uh, leaping up. Uh, for me, I, I I'm going this approach. Uh, Kyrie Irving out for the season, right? Uh, out for the season, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking this guy right here, he's a little ticked off and. They won six of the last ten games. I'm going with the Washington Wizards. I think I think with 30 games left, right, they have a chance to to make make a way to get into that playoffs. And you only you only three games back from the Magic as it is now. But now the Brooklyn Nets have no no. I mean, 
I mean, granted, Kyrie being hurt, probably a good thing for them, but you know, they they don't really have the quote unquote closer. I like I like Spencer Dinwiddie. I like I like Karis Levert. Um, but Bradley Beal, if he can if he and John Wall might come back, if they can somehow get together and get into the playoffs, I'm not saying they're gonna do anything, but I think if they can put that you know, Bradley Beal can get that ascension and get into the playoffs, we're talking about him on on a different level. It's like, man, he took this team without John Wall with a bunch of young guys and and, and made a push to the playoffs. So I think that as a team as a potentially can can get there. I mean, like I said, they're not that far back now. And I, I think the Pacers I want to say that maybe, maybe that I mean they're only what two games back from the Sixers right now, uh, for, for being up in the contention. But you know, Depot just getting back, he's getting his feet under him. I think if he he, he can get there, this pace team can shoot up really fast. Like they were three and seven in their last ten games. Like they turn that around, I think they can. They can find themselves back up to the top three, top four seed. And like you said, it's all about matchups. And they, can, I, I don't really think they scared of anybody because they're so deep. Uh, you know, as long as they have, I think they can beat Sixers, Heat, Celtics, or Raptors. It just all depends on Depot's health, right? So if I think Pacers have a good shot at rising in the East and in the West, the only team I could think of was the Pelicans. Uh, as far as a team that can potentially try to try to get up there, I don't think they can compete with Memphis. I think Memphis might be too far ahead, but Pelicans can find themselves getting you know with Zion back and all that. They might get themselves above Portland and, and, and Memphis take a slide because they're all young. It's possible. Pelicans maybe can get there. I don't know. But I would say that's the only team I think in the West that could possibly rise and take and, and take a spot. But nobody else, uh, I'm not I'm not worried about nobody else. Yeah, just one little quick point on the Pacers. Hope like they were a team I thought would be spectacular this year, which they have been. They're thirty two and twenty three. So they're trending towards how we had the Bill O'Brien status quo of 9-7. The Pacers are, are trending toward the Nate McMillan status quo of 48-34. 40, so I think the Pacers could wind up being right around that 5-6 seed, and hopefully they don't lose in the first round. I, I hope they don't because if they lose in the first round again, 48 wins again, I think after I think next season is Nate's last year on this deal. I would hate for him to get fired or relieved of coaching dudes because of you know, kind of just staying in the same same pack. So hopefully the Pacers can do something big this this uh, playoff season. But it's all going to depend upon the matchups they get. I mean, yeah, but it's also they also was injured. Like, I mean, I can't really put it on him last year to get swept because they were better than the Celtics last year in the playoffs and. Pacers didn't have no closer. If Pacers had a closer, they win that series. Now, if Devo can get back to that status in the next few months, and it, and this right now, right now that's the matchup again. I know Tatum got better. I know they got better, but the Pacers, you know, with with Lamb and Brogdon, they they basically try to fix that. So it, it's gonna take some time for them to gel and get all that in there because they got scores because of Depot got hurt. It was like, okay, we need to get somebody just in case Depot goes down. And Brogdon, he's been playing out lights out. Jeremy Lamb has, has always been solid. Uh, you know, Sabonis an all star. Now if they can get if they can get everybody to work together, I think that'll be fine. I think they can. I, I think you know us being so high on them w- was warranted, and we, we knew Depot was going to be gone for a while. So it, he's back now. It, I mean, it's a chance. I, I I still think this is a great team. I think Nate Miller one of the best coaches in the league. So uh, I like them to whoever they got in the matchup. They, they better watch out. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting uh, 
race to the end. So most teams have between 25 and about 28 games left. So it's going to be an interesting race to the end. I want to see how it all plays out. Definitely. Uh, do you have anybody that you think will fall before we move on? Or you think you did? No, you not really. Okay. No, not really. Like I said, everybody's kind of jumbled up. So, I mean, if you go from a three seed to a five seed yeah, that's in not, the conference, yeah, I don't think like, to me, that's – to me, to me, that's not falling because it's just based upon some tiebreakers. Like, most teams are only a game or a game and a half behind two games. So, I mean, somebody can go six and four in a 10-game stretch or four and six, and now because of the tiebreaker situation, you flip-flop. So, I don't think anybody falls. The, the East is the top six, nobody else. So, <laughs> without the, without the Bucks bottoming out, nobody's going to really fall because they're all kind of right there. And the West is about the same thing. It's the top seven, and really the Lakers are kind of uh, just a slight little notch above and wins above everybody else. So it's really just three through seven kind of fighting. Well, really two through seven because the Nuggets only got 38 and the Clippers got 37. So two through seven because kind of fighting for matchups to see who can maybe make that Western Conference push. Right. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, um, and then we come back, we're going to talk about some NFL. That's what's needed to get to that next level. I'm Rob Pinnell, and I'm going to teach you how to be an offensive machine. All right, we are back. Um, we're going to switch gears real quick, right? And let's go into the NFL. A lot of a lot of news, man. Um, NFL CBA. I think the owners have signed off on it, and now they're waiting on the players to to take it in their hands, see what they're going to do. Um, so the first thing, I, I, I guess, I guess it's two things. So you got the playoff changes, and then you have going to a seventeen game schedule. Now, the playoff changes. So they're going to make one team have a bye instead of the two teams. And then 17 made the playoffs, making three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, uh, respectively. Uh, the team with the bye will get will get paid for that week, though. Um, all before team, teams with the bye right now don't get paid for that week, and it's kind of it's kind of you know it's kind of BS that a wild card team uh, can you know you know I, I guess I guess we're rewarding the the bye team, give them a days off. But they're not getting paid for it, so it's kind of like you know it, it it should be paid vacation, right? In, in my eyes, that's what it, that's what I'm thinking in in a corporate world is paid vacation, and and so far the under the last CBA we haven't did that. So now under this with the new playoff system, they will get paid, um, and I think I think they're trying to decide. You know, the final issues are 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 on the 17 game regular season, which you know that's an extra paycheck. I think they will cut a preseason game to, to make up for it and probably add another bye week um, as far as all that. What is your thoughts on it? I don't – I know I don't like the change. I, I'm not really for the NBA changing the, the playoff season. I'm not for the NFL changing the playoffs. Um, but what's your take first? Uh, it's, a, it's considered a transformational, you know, CBA. So I don't like it. Uh, increasing the season to 17 games or changing the, the playoff system, I think it's the worst thing ever. Why fix something when it's not broken? Like, I would be – all right, well, let's just take this year. That basically means the Rams would have made the playoffs at 9-7 and, and the Steelers were the best 8-18, and eight team, so they would have made the playoffs. 
who wants to see both of them in the playoffs this year? I mean, you got Devlin Hodges, Mason Rudolph. Versus Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 they on a possession-by-possession possession basis of who's going to be the quarterback for the drive. Who wanted to see that versus the Chiefs? I mean, Steelers' defense was great, but Chiefs were the two-seed. Who want to see that? Then you had Green Bay against the Rams. The Rams haven't been inconsistent all year, and they can go to cold Green Bay. They were going to lose the game. They were going to win that game. So it's like, why change something like that? Like, I would be upset to be a 13-3 and team, and now I don't even get a bye anymore. So it's like you just eliminated the the point of getting a two-seed to accommodate a seven seed, to me that is that's that's terrible. You know that's terrible. Why would you do something like that? You're taking away from a good team to benefit a bad team. So now when all these seven and nine teams start making the playoffs, people are gonna complain about mismatches. So it's just to me the playoff thing is just a terrible, terrible idea. You're robbing somebody. You're not even making the one seed more desirable because now it's like it's like oh well if I, either. We're gonna be. I mean, you're not making a two seed job. I'm sorry, like because now if you're a two seed, you're like, well, we got to play anyway. So, <laughs> what's, what's the point? Right. So then, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like that. Then you you got you got a a chance that a two seed who probably because of a tiebreaker can't be the one, and they have to go play a game. Now let's say they do win the game, but what happens when you play a game? Bodies get hurt again. Uh, you're not as healthy. Um, now you you at home you at home the next week but okay but at what cost uh, you know my star receiver got hurt my you know my my star D tackle got banged up you know it's stuff like that now you not now you're getting an advantage taken away from you because you were great all season and I think it's the same way all the way through every sport uh, like especially college football playoffs and even the March Madness tournament kind of kind of got watered down a little bit when they started adding all these playing games and. And and you know the, the same same thing for the college football playoffs they they want more teams in it. The more teams you put in it, the more watered down the sport gets. That's that's just how it is. And we we was on this year this year I mean it was a little out outlier as far as like the NFC East being sorry, but you know eight and eight nine and seven getting in. But you got to think for the most part, division winners are going to have their ten wins seasons, and your wild cards are going to have ten. They might have ten wins as well. Like the NFC been stacked this year. We knew that NFC was going to be stacked. And I'm sorry the Rams, I'm sorry the Rams couldn't get it get in. I'm sorry the Pittsburgh Steelers couldn't get in. Um, and like you said, nobody wanted to see a Doug Hodges versus Pat Mahomes. Like, I, you know, the Chiefs came. What the Chiefs were down in all three games in the playoffs, right? Uh, because the other three teams had good quarterbacks, or at least solid. Jimmy G and good team there. Uh, Deshaun Watson and and uh, and uh, Teddy Hill and the boys like they they were they were solid and pretty good. And no way, Chiefs down ten points to those Steelers. <laughs> in a way, so you know, it it, it just it just the inevitable team that we're going to put out anyway. So why put them in there in the first place? I mean, it's not yeah. a it's it's not a March Madness tournament where you gonna get lucky one night. You know, it, this night you just hot. I don't I, that that doesn't happen in football. So I don't know why we want to do this. Yeah, like um, to me, less is more because you look at the NBA. It's 30 teams, 16 at the playoffs. Over half the teams make the playoffs. Like, to me, yeah, that's I'm crazy. fine with it staying. I'm fine with it staying that way because it's been that way for so long. But I would, and then, you know, we would have to change a whole lot to get the playoff, NBA playoff system down to a science because you can't have a, a 14 because now somebody's going to have a bye. If you have 12, somebody's going to get a bye. So, like, 
you know, you don't want basketball having to buy unless so only you can do it is keep it at, at 16 or cut it down to eight, something like that. So the NBA kind of has to stay that way because of how it's set up. And like, like you said about college football, people want to expand it to eight and ten. But why we want to expand it? Just a debate over two and three lost teams. Like, who want to do that? Right. So like, that's why I don't <laughs> like this, this NFL thing. The NFL is 32 teams, 12 make the playoffs. Normally, under that system, normally you're going to get the 12 best, or at least you're going to get 10, no, 10 or 11 of the best. You may get one team that sneaks in because of, oh, well, the division was sorry that year. Like, like there's a few years where AFC South was sorry. Where like you no know, Andrew Luck, so you may get a year where the AFC South just kind of gets a random team in, something like that. But for the most part, you're gonna get the ten to eleven, twelve best teams, which is what I prefer. We don't need fourteen teams in the playoffs. For what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. For what? I mean, you you have you have a little uh, a a little leeway when when it comes to like the, the best teams in the football. Like you know, it's gonna be what maybe. It might be eight real teams that can actually win the Super Bowl, and like you said, it's probably it's probably the best ten or eleven. You you might get that team that okay. I, I mean, maybe maybe you you could say the Rams were better than uh better than the Eagles. I mean, maybe, but but then again, that's only it's still only twelve teams. Like you don't add both of them in there and, and, and try to find out. No, that's 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 not something I don't want to see. Uh, hopefully this they, they stay to the the the, the regular. I don't know why everybody want to change everything so much. Let's just stay with what has been going on for the last few years because when you when it comes to a debate later on down the line, you say, oh, well, this coach made the playoffs ten times in a row. Well, five of those years he was the seventh seed. Like, he shouldn't even be in there under the last system. And, you know, and now now you're going to save – you're going to save people jobs kind of, you know, kind of think about it because let's say, for example, everybody knows I'm a Vikings fan. For example, I remember the Cowboys, the rumors were Zimmer, if they lost to the Saints, Zimmer was going to go to the Cowboys – and we was gonna hire Stefanski, blah blah. All right. So let's say let's say that they did lose that game. Now 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 you get no now you get fired. I guess because you know because you because uh you know that whole circumstance. But if you was if you was the seventh seed, but you, and you make the playoffs, they'd be like, oh, you know what? We was gonna fire you, but because you made the playoffs, even though even though you was only eight and eight, average, you made the playoffs. <laughs> we gonna give you another year, and now you're gonna keep. Keep teams from getting rid of guys because they should, and you know, like all them years the Cowboys, Jason, Jason Garrett would have a job right now, <laughs> right now if it, if it, this system was in play. What the years he was going eight and eight all the time, like I, I don't know, man. I, I think I think it's a bad idea. Um, the owners love it, yes, but I mean, well, like they they, they didn't vote unanimous on it, but they did they did have enough to to approve it. So right. I want to see what the players do. Hopefully, the players. Hopefully there are like one or two sticking points that players don't like, and they deny, and they have to go out to the drawing board. Right. But I think you know I think the players are going to probably agree to it. But like you said, I would hate for this to go into effect for like the playoff system because you're going to have ten years from now, people going to start it, it'll it'll people going to start debating things like dimension somebody else's legacy. They'll start saying, well, under this system, if the Patriots want a two seed, maybe they don't make all the Super Bowls because they won't have a bye. <laughs> so. Like people are just gonna start getting carried away with it, man. But, right. You know, I, I don't wanna harp on it too long, man. Let's talk about this upcoming NFL combine, man. Uh yeah, so combine. So I I, do, I, I gotta ask you this, I got I got I need your opinion on it. 
Carson Palmer came out and gave a war a warning to Joe Burrow about the Baker organization and how he said he felt that they never wanted to win a Super Bowl. And the same thing happened to a, another quarterback. I think his name was uh, what was his name? Uh, Barkowski. Barkowski that, that was quarterback for the Falcons. Uh, he he, yeah. he kind of said the same thing about you know about Atlanta at that time and gave the word that they should they they should pull the Eli Manning. And he, they both felt like they probably should have did that way back when, but they did. And for Joe Burrow, he should he should do this. But I remember we talked about it before. It's like he, he the Bengals kind of have the draft of it, and you think Joe Burrow wants to go there, but his interviews, you know, he's he's been he's been uh you know kind of snarky, not snarky, but that's not a good word, but like kind of like ah, I I don't know about that idea really because the Bengals ain't you know they ain't all that and. You know whether you agree with that or not, it's like should he actually pull the Eli Manning? I mean, he I guess he kind of does have the the leverage. He could do what John Elway did way back in the day as well. Like I don't want to go there. Don't draft me. I don't want to play for y'all because I think it's kind of BS already that if I draft you, I can franchise tag you through a two three times before I actually have to let you go. So he 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 he, he don't want to be there. In my opinion, yeah. so you know. Yeah, yeah. Bur- Burrow would be stuck for seven, seven or eight years because the rookie, the rookie scale would run him uh, five years, I think, and then they can franchise tag you, transitional tag you two to three times. So <laughs> he basically would, would be would, would be tied there for seven to eight seasons. So I, I'm not, I'm not sure if he wants to be there at all. The the story is perfect. Like the Bengals would benefit from it for like season ticket wise because. And the the story of what he did with LSU, he's from Ohio. The story's there where they can sell some season tickets. But I think if they don't get a quarterback and they continue being towards the bottom of attendance and season ticket sales, the Bengals could wind up being moved to somewhere else, man. Like they could get this franchise could be out of there. If, like I think it's Burrow, Burrow, Burrow or Bust, honestly. But maybe if they get a guy like Tua. Uh, you know, maybe something just saying they get they get to where they can go win some games and sell some tickets, but they probably are three to five years away from being like <laughs> probably being sold or just relocated just because they're not winning the games or selling any tickets. Yeah, I mean, but should he pull the Eli? I I say no because you don't want to do that early on because then people start gunning for you. Like like that's kind of why Eli reputation is what it is. They like well. He did all that. He got to the Super Bowl, but he still wasn't even all that great. Like they could have got Phillip, but he could have probably did the same thing in New York. So like, it don't really help you a whole lot. Yeah, I I do know like it's kind of like just like in basketball, like you know Zion and John Moran and Andy Davis, they all got stuck in places because they were so great, and the teams that were there were so bad. Um, but I, I did mention I, I hear I heard somebody talk about it was saying like how because of the front offices, that's why it's so bad. I heard stories about the Bengals and. You know they they reuse people jock straps and stuff like that. I'm like, man, that's that's crazy. That's you know you are, <laughs> no, that's, that that ain't crazy. That's freaking nasty, like, bro. You, <laughs> nasty. you don't do that, man. Like the owner can't be that cheap. Hey, that's 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 ridiculous. Cause especially for like a multi million billion dollar uh, team, you can you, you can't you can't do that. Um, you know, stuff like that. So I can understand like that. And if Carson Palmer felt that way. And you think about it, the Bengals. I mean, I think well, Marvin Lewis really duct taping the franchise. They, if you think if it's, if it's that bad, because once he left, this team fell off the face of the earth. Him there, you know, they was winning ten games every with Andy Dalton and stuff like that. So, I don't know, man. I, should he put an Eli? Probably not. 
Because it's a, to me, like, to me, I don't think coming out, coming out, I, I probably don't remember, remember it as much, but you got Big Ben from Miami, Ohio, Big, uh, uh, Rivers from NC State, and Eli from Ole Miss. I don't, I don't know. The, I can't remember the draft buzz around those three. To to be exact, I I have to go look it up to more, some more and see how like we're coming out. What were they all neck and neck? Because to me, I still think if healthy, Tua is the better quarterback. I don't know how you feel about it, but I I got my mock draft 2.0 coming out soon. But and I would say this that that Tua is to me the best quarterback. Like all all of a sudden, this guy has he has a great OC. He has probably one of the best receivers in, in college football in Chase. And he have a, a first round draft pick in Justin Jefferson, a great running back in Kyle Hilaire. and like I said, Joe Brady, who who he was so good, he got an offensive coordinator job now with all those talented defensive players that LSU got: Patrick McQueen, uh, Del Pitt, Chase on, like all these guys. He had and he had one great season, and I don't know if one good season is good enough versus a guy who always wins. And I don't know if this looking very. I, I'm not saying Joe Burrow is not it. And I'm definitely not comparing to this player I'm about to compare him to. But this got this got Deshaun Watson and Mr. Trubisky vibes to me as far as the better quarterback. Like, I don't think Joe Burrow is in this class of Mr. Trubisky, but when you have that one hit wonder, granted, he's 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 good. It's like, okay, but two have been good ever since he got into the league. Like, every time ever since he got to college football, he been he been great. And yes, you could say, well, he had Judy. He had Rugs and all these guys. Okay, so what? I mean, the accuracy there. You see, everything you see is right there. Outside of health is your only concern. So I, I don't know. I don't know if he's pulling Eli Manning. I don't think he's. I don't think he. He warrants that that Eli Eli pull. At least Eli had the name of Manning, and Joe Burrow doesn't have that. And if he was to pull it, what do you think would happen? Like, where you where you, you think the Bengals trade the pick, or do you think they just say, you know what? Forget it. We'll just get Chase Young, and we'll just we'll just get a quarterback later. Yeah, I think if if they start getting that vibe, they'll just take Chase Young, and they'll just basically send the whole draft in a disarray. Because what Burrow at two don't really make any sense. They just took Haskins. They still got Alex Smith contract. So like, they'll just kind of send the whole <laughs> draft right. in a disarray. So uh, unless. Unless a team like Miami says, "Look, we got these other picks. We'll we'll come get the first. We'll take Burrow. Y'all can take some other picks in, the, in this first round and help build y'all roster." But to me, Miami's being smart. They are gonna keep them picks for themselves. Exactly. They, know they get a quarterback. Yeah, like they know they can get a quarterback. They they don't have the, the dilemma of the Bengals. They can stay where they are, still get any quarterback they want, still get two to three other good picks. Yep. And probably be a decent, a decent, a decent seven to nine, eight and eighteen, probably. You know, so the the Bengals don't have any leverage, and to me, Burrow doesn't have any because, like I said, they can just get Chase Young, and he's he's Ohio from Ohio State, so hey, you're right? <laughs> you, you can just be like, hey, this is our guy. Uh, we're gonna just do what we can with Chase. We'll bring back Andy for a year. Or we'll see what the Lions do at three. Maybe go try to go trade for a Matt Stafford or. The Bengals got options. They don't have to take Burrow. They have options, but it'll be interesting, man. It'll send the whole. It'll, it'll just tear everybody's mock draft up. <laughs> I think ultimately, though, the the to me, if he lands in the right spot, the best quarterback in his draft class will be Jacob Eason. That's the guy I'm rolling with. That's gonna be the best quarterback. If he lands on New England or in New Orleans, that's gonna be the best quarterback. Jacob Eason. I mean, I like him. I, like, I mean. 
I don't have nothing to say about. It. I think I have him. I think I ranked him like my fifth best quarterback uh, pre combine uh, wise. Um, but hey, you write about this Miami thing, and then again, you talk about Miami. They don't even need. They don't need Joe. They don't even need Tua. They got cap space. They can go sign them Teddy Bridgewater if they really wanted to. They can go sign them Jameis Winston or Derek Carr and use those three draft picks in the first round that they have on something else. I mean, get, get you an offensive line, get you a defensive line, uh, lineman, and, and you know, and, and find your find your receiver. Like it's they can do a lot of different things they want to do. So, you know, we'll see we'll see what they actually do. Um, you know, Joe, like you said, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, neither one of them have the leverage because Chase Young is the best player in the draft. So. Bengals could take the best BPA because <laughs> uh, Dalton, Dalton is okay. I mean, yeah, they can move on from him, but, you know, who knows? Yeah, it's going to be fun. Let's, let's see how it turns out. Right. Uh, that's our show, man. We got maybe like 45 seconds left. Uh, shout out to everybody who, who, who paid attention to us. Catch us on uh, Sportscaster. You can follow us, follow me at Pastor Kevin Kev USN and Rashad at Rashad23USN. Uh, you know, follow Unwrap Sports Network. That's where we do a lot of our stuff like that. Twelve Hour Sports. Thank, thank you again. Uh, we'll be back next Thursday. Catch us live. Um, Rashad, anything you want to say before we get out of here, man? Nah. Shout out to my sports for the platform. We appreciate you guys. Shout out Unwrap Sports for the platform. We appreciate you guys as well. Definitely. Preach can preach with Rashad. We out. Life admin. Yep, it even sounds boring. No wonder it goes on the long finger. But when you do get round to it, a good place to start is by reviewing your mortgage. You really never know if there's a better option unless you look into it. That's where the Ulster Bank Mortgage Team could help. Wherever you bank, get in touch and find out about switching your mortgage to us. Just search Ulster Bank Switch. Ulster Bank. Help for what matters. Over 18s only. Ulster Bank Ireland DAC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Our schools are reopening, but how will the plan work? In this week's Sunday Independent, we assess one of the biggest challenges yet for Ireland's COVID-19 response. Plus, the inside story of Adrian Donoghue's murder by the detective who led the investigation. Paul Kimmage interviews Sonia O'Sullivan and finds her asking, what comes next after sporting success? And Life magazine meets the babies who were born during the darkest days of lockdown. The Sunday Independent. Real stories worth paying for. In print or subscribe at independent.ie.